What's going on, everybody? This is the Sheepkey Sheared Podcast, where we talk about people, politics, and popular culture. I am your host, Austin Creed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Today we're talking about voting and victimhood. Now, you may be a little off-put by the way I phrased that. However, I would like to propose to you this reality, if you would ponder upon this for but a moment. Has anybody else noticed that in society today, all too often we play what I like to call the victim, the um, suffering Olympics, where whoever seems to be suffering the most is, oh, oh, you're such a victim. Oh my goodness, everybody come rally around this poor, pitiful human being and we have to save them. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And... So people are in a constant struggle, not to be the best, but to say how hard they have it so everybody can pity them. Oh, and buy their stuff, but uh, mostly pity them, but also buy their stuff. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm talking about when I talk about victimhood. Now, in regards to these two topic, main topics, we're going to delve into more secondary topics that will tie into them primary too. We're going to talk about war, democracy, voting rights. And then leading up to the death and decline of the West. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a fantastic show. I've been looking forward to this topic for a while. I actually wrote about this on Medium before they threw me off the platform. So without further ado, strap in and get ready for the show. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. So like I said, we're talking mostly about voting and victimhood today. And I would be remiss if I did not start off with the first topic where I believe this all stems from. And that is arguably the oldest of all crimes in human history, war. Now, being a veteran myself, this is something that I've seen... I've seen people get destroyed by Afghanistan, especially, and also a little bit Iraq. I knew a guy when I was in the Air Force. I actually met him when I was getting a lot of mental health treatment. Long story. I'll dive into that another day. However, this man was a technical sergeant. He had been in Afghanistan. He had lost his wingman his buddy in Afghanistan by an IED, it blew up their convoy, hitting one of their trucks, the truck that his buddy was in. And I saw the horror on his face, because this is, now keep in mind, this is when we pulled out of Afghanistan. When Joe Biden, the brilliant strategist, decided we're going to pull out of Afghanistan and leave all of our stuff behind. I was with this man, and he was crying, sobbing. This was a grown man, one of my superiors, crying, asking, what What did my buddy die for? Why did my buddy get, have to get blown to pieces for nothing? So don't think that I don't know what war does to people. I've seen it firsthand. And all the armchair warriors 
want to say, oh, yes, let's go to war. Everybody, uh, pick. They, they sound like the old songs from the south of, oh, Dixie, pick up all their pikes and sabers and arms, and we're going to go fight them. Yeah, buddy. Meanwhile, they haven't seen, they don't know people who have been in war. They haven't seen what war does to people. They haven't even been in the damn military. And they have the nerve to be out here calling for war, knowing that they're too old to get drafted, whereas men like me are not. We're not too old to be drafted back in and go back. So to all the all you armchair warriors out there, That's what I have to say. But I digress. We're going to in fact, we're going to tie this into a topic later on. So, we're going to lead this up, but here's what I want to start off with. Here's my first question of the day. How many American servicemen do you think have died in the past couple hundred years that we've been a country? Since 1775 up until the present, how many American servicemen do you think have died? Now, whether you want to answer the question amongst yourself, in a, whether you're in a car, whether you're with a friend, whether you're with your kids, or... You want to hit me up on Twitter at Austin Creed and answer the question before you hear the answer. You are more than welcome to do so. I warn you, this will tie into what I will talk about in a second, but the number is probably higher than what you think, depending on how high or how low you're going. My friends, this number is very humbling when you realize who has actually had to pay for the freedom you take for granted every day of the week. And now if you're Russian and you're listening to the show, first of all, I don't know why you would, but welcome if you are, you have it even worse. But we're going to talk about America today because America is the best country as far as I'm concerned, with no exception. Now, according to the, the VA or the Department of Veteran Affairs, here is what they say. They calculate all the numbers. Now, I did the hard work for you. You can look it up yourself if you don't think, if you think I'm making it up. More than welcome to look at it yourself. It says it right here. It says, the battle deaths over the total, they, they counted up from battle deaths, other deaths, so in the theater that weren't directly combat related, and then other deaths in the service that were not in the theater of war. So basically, if you tidy up every single category you could possibly find, the number comes out to, y'all ready for this? This number will probably surprise you. Y'all, y'all ready for this? Give me, give me one second. Hey, look. The number comes out to 1.2 million men. 1.2 million men have died in combat, or in combat-related deaths. That's a lot. Now keep in mind, most of those men were men my age. They were young guys, didn't have a wife, didn't have kids, didn't even have a chance to have any of those things. And they died. Now I don't say this to make you feel bad, I say this to help give you perspective as to who has paid the price in blood for the things you enjoy every day of the week and take for granted to have the luxury to complain and whine about it. Now I also want to bring this up to my next point of 
with all these men dying, and as they die, they also lose the, fa the opportunity to reproduce with, you know, their 2.5 kids, dog in a house. We're losing even more, because we people who would have lived, had those men survived, now don't have the chance to have children, grandchildren, etc. Now, according to the Census Bureau of the United States government, in 2020, voter turnout was 68.4% women and 65% men. About 9.7 million more women than men voted. Now you may say, well Austin, why the hell does that matter? I'll tell you why it matters. Because here's, here's the reality, folks. I am not a fan of democracy for one reason only. Number one, America is not a democracy. For those of you who don't know anything about history and only listen to know-nothings in the media or read the Washington Post or read uh, the Crescent News Network, you don't know anything other than the talking points, which I'll bring up later. In fact, you know, you know what? I'll give you a little taste of what we're talking about later. So there was a man named Oswald Spangler who wrote The Decline of the West which will tie into the death of the West, which will tie into at the very end of the show. But I'll give you a little hint. Here's what he said. He said, and I'm quoting him here, he said, The press today, and this is back in the day, by the way. This is not today. This is way back in the day. He said, The press today is an army with carefully organized weapons. The journalists are its officers, and the readers its soldiers. The readers... Neither know nor supported to know the purposes for which he is used and the role he is to play. Now you may ask, what the hell did I just listen to? What you listen to is the media, the government media complex has existed since the beginning. He's basically saying that the press is an army. The journalists or the, the liars are the officers, and you, yes, you listening to this show, if you consume a lot of mainstream media, you are one of the soldiers, because you are one of the useful idiots that Lenin wrote about. That's what he's talking about. Here's another quote from him. He said, What is truth? For the multitude, that which is continually read, read and what is continually read and heard. In other words, what Joseph Goebbels said, uh, if you repeat the big lie often enough, it becomes the truth. Now you may ask, why am I even bringing that up? What does that have to do with anything? Well, it comes and ties into the voter turnout. They would have you believe, oh, women are so suffering and they're so underprivileged and oppressed and oh my God, I would have started crying. Well, I'll tell you what, if they're so oppressed, why are they the biggest voter block in the country? Yes, they are the constituency in the country because of all the dead men in the cemeteries who didn't have sons or daughters. They're, they're dead. There are more women in this country than there are men. And in a democracy, they, the people in power pander to the people who have the biggest power block. With the pe if the vo let, me, let me pause for a second here. I'm getting a little too excited. My friends, if 
the power lies with the people. Would it then not make sense that if whatever group has the most people holds the most power? Now, are you following my logic here? I, I hope you are. Hopefully, hopefully I don't sound like this. I hope that's not me right now, but maybe it is. My friends, this is why a democracy does not work without proper checks and balances that are for, that the founding fathers wanted to produce in this country to prevent this type of stuff from happening. And don't think that the founding fathers are the only ones who saw this. This has been talked about since Aristotle and Plato and Socrates are talking about this stuff. Here's what Aristotle said. I'm going to quote him. He said, Democracy arose from men's thinking that if they are equal in any respect, they are equal absolutely. In other words, equity. In other words, if, you, if we're equal in the court of law, then we must be equal and have equal opportunity in everything. We must be equal in all avenues. Denying genetics, denying intelligence, denying talent, denying hard work, all of it, all of it just being thrown out the window. In other words, if I feel equal to you, then that means I have to be equal to you in every way, otherwise we're not equal. Well, nobody is equal in that respect. It's not, that's not how it works. For example, some of you listening to this show are probably smarter than me. So in a matter of intelligence, we are not the same. Now, we're still both human, but we are not equal in matters of intelligence. You see how that works? But equity would have you believe that everybody is just equal by default, no matter how good or bad you are at something. That's why a meritocracy is what America was supposed to be. It doesn't work otherwise. Now, those of you might be offended by what I'm about to say, and I don't say this out of malice. I say this because it's just a reality, and if you don't see it, well, then I can't help you. I wish I could, but I can't help you. You don't see reality, and I can't help that. So here's what I'm about to say. Women tend to be more emotional, and men tend to be more logical. Now, it works really well in a family unit. That works very well. That's the whole point. There, that, di that diagnosis does not mean then that men or women are inherently better than the other when it comes to their contributions to society. What it says is that we are different and therefore should have different roles in society and contribute things in different amounts to society. And now, obviously, before people come out of the woodwork, they're going to say, oh, but there are exceptions. Of course there are exceptions. But the exceptions does not make the rule, my friends. In fact, according to Business Insider, going back to the voting statistic I just brought up before, there are only 10 states in the United States with more men than women. 10 states. Yeah, 10, my friends, that's it. You have, and 
you just have more women than men. And, and our politics reflect that. Now, you may ask, well, which states are these that have more men than women? I think you could probably figure it out. But for those of you who can't, I will read it for you. Let's see. Which states have the have more men than women? And keep in mind, a lot of these numbers are pretty close with a few couple outliers. Uh, number one, Alaska. 52% men. Number two, Wyoming. No, number two is North Dakota. 51.4%. Number three, Wyoming. Number four, Montana, Idaho, Nevada, Utah, Colorado. Ooh, Kansas is pretty close up there. <laughs> uh, that's, that's South Dakota's up there. My friends, it's pretty close. I don't know if they count Washington because it's pretty much directly at 50%. Minnesota, pretty dead even. The entire eastern seaboard has a female-dominated voting block. California, pretty close. Oregon, pretty close. Hawaii is pretty close. Now, you may ask, why am I even talking about this? Why does this matter? Well, because the voting demographics matter. Vote. We'll go back to voting rights here. I think, personally, if you look at how the society has changed, you may say that, uh, look, I'll ask you a question. Well, another question. Here it is. Why do you think women got the right to vote? I want to play you a clip. Now, fair use to the creator, but I want to give you, I want to show you what I'm talking about. For those of you who know who Rockefeller was, the Rockefeller family is one of the richest or some of the richest people in the world. He was one of the richest men in the world. His he was big oil himself. Now, those of you who know who Aaron Rousseau was, there's an interview between him and this YouTube creator, very used to him, that happened mo a number of years ago. I wrote an article about this on Medium where I talked about the hidden history of feminism. Now, Nicholas Rockefeller. Now, for the, okay, I'm, first of all, I'm going to tell you who Aaron Rousseau was. Aaron Rousseau was running for office in Nevada, I believe. Nicholas Rockefeller told Rousseau the following he said that his family foundation funded the women's liberation movement for two reasons number one was to tax the other half of the population being women and the second was to get the kids into school at a very early age to teach them how to think for the government to be the father and the school to serve as the mother role. You think I'm making it up? Uh, fair use. Fair, fair use to AW Resistance. Fair use. I'm going to play this portions of this interview. And I want you to listen very carefully to what they say. Here it is. I'm pretty conventional thinking about it at that point. I said things about women having the right to work. Getting equal pay with men. Just like they won the right to vote. You know? And he started to laugh. He said, you're an idiot. 
And I said, why am I an idiot? He said, you want, let me tell you what that was about. We, the Rockefellers, funded that. We funded Women's Lib, you know? And we're the ones who got all of the newspapers and television, the Rockefeller Foundation. He says, and you want to know why? He says, there were two primary reasons. And they were, one reason was, we couldn't tax half the population before Women's Lib. And the second reason was, now we get the kids in school at an early age. We can indoctrinate the kids how to think. There he is. There it is. Like I said, I'm not making this up. Now you can choose to write it off if you want. Do so at your own risk. And I'll tell you something else about feminism you may not have known. Those of you who know who Gloria Steinman was, you know, the founder of Miss Magazine, she used to work for the CIA before that, by the way, and she admits in one of her early books that the CIA helped fund Miss Magazine for the purposes of taxing women and to get kids into schools. I'm not making this up. She even talks about in one of her books how she was so happy that CIA wanted to help her help women. You see, my friends, if you think about it like this, it's always about money. John Rockefeller himself said, quote, own nothing, control everything. They don't want you to trace everything back the way I'm laying out for you in this show today. You can argue that it's, oh, he's going off on tangents, he's missing some of the point, I don't like the way he's presenting it. Again, you are missing the entire point that I am trying to make. You're missing the point. My friends, do you think for a second that these powerful individuals, do you think they care about you? Do you think they care about your children? Nope. Do you think they care about your marriage? Nope. Do you think they care about you and making sure that you're not dirt poor? Nope. Of course they don't care. They want to control you. And they've done that through the schools. They've done that through debt. They've done that through pitching you everything, little breadcrumbs here and there to get you to vote the way they want. To get you to assemble the way that they want. To get you to stay in your lane and not come in and join them at the top. My friends, that's why socialism is being pushed. It's so that the rich get become richer and then there is no middle class and everybody else is just dirt poor. Aristotle said that republics devolve into democracies and then democracies devolve into depotism that should send a chill down your spine or how about this one you ever heard of the golden rule whoever has the gold makes the rules all the while everybody in power while they're claiming to be helping you while they're claiming that they're doing everything for your sake because they just they care. They care about you so much. All the while, while they're claiming to care about you, what they're saying to each other behind closed doors sounds a little more like this. Thank you for being so dumb. That's what they're saying to you. Behind closed doors, 
you think that they're, oh, they're scheming about how to help us, how to help us become like them, when really they're saying this. Thank you for being so dumb. My friends, I wish I had better news. I know I'm doom and gloom. I get it. I can be depressing. I say this because I want to save Western civilization. It is the best civilization to ever exist. It promotes freedom. Not free freedom, because such a thing does not exist. It promotes the idea that everyone pays for their freedom and everybody else's freedom. Whether they disagree with you or not, they want you to have the right to think and say whatever you want. There was a saying back in the day of, I disagree with you, but I will fight to the death your ability to say it. Where is that gone today? It's, we've gone from that to, oh, if I disagree with you, I'm going to throw you off the air. I'm going to report you to human resources. I'm going to sue you. I'm going to uh, get you deplatformed. Censorship has never been higher. I've experienced it in minor forms, and there are other people out there who've been banned from countries. Who have been thrown off the air for not even doing anything wrong. It's all he said, she said. But they are thrown off, thrown out of their job. And if you think that the family is not the main target, it was Karl Marx's main target and angles. And a lot of these people hold their beliefs to be true. I'll read you what Engels said. He said, the modern individual family is founded on the open or concealed slavery of the wife. Within the family, he is the bourgeois and his wife represents the uh, proletariat. The proletariat or the, the slave. So basically, the husband is the slave owner and the wife is the slave. That's what they believe. Now look at, look at what feminism has done to how a lot of women vote and how it has made how it's polarized the two genders against each other and it's caused us to be at each other's necks and caused us to be in a silent civil war all the while the people who are actually running the show are running off with all of our tax money and saying My friends, the vote is sacred. The media does not cover everything perfectly. In fact, far from it, because everybody wants to make money. You need to be vigilant. Your voting rights are sacred. I think everybody who is a legal citizen, not the illegal aliens, I think that women should have the right to vote. I'm not trying to sit here and say they shouldn't. I want people to realize the effect that feminism has the drip, drip, drip campaign of toxic poison that's been dripped into the system for years now. Because my greatest fear, folks, is for our country to end up more like this. I don't want it to go down that way. I want everybody listening to this show to not be a, to not fall for this. For example, if you want to talk about the wage gap that a lot of people will default talk about, 
Back in the day, in the 1950s, after World War II was over, if the I'm not saying there wasn't a gender pay gap. Because if there wasn't one, they wouldn't have had to put in the Equal Pay Act. I want to propose a different argument here. If the pay gap was so egregious to where women were getting paid a fraction of what men were, why is it that in 1950, only 34% of the workforce was women? If people, let me put it to you this way. If men were so evil and so bad, why would they not capitalize off of their ability to pay a woman next to nothing to get the same results? You see what I'm saying? You see the logic? Now, I'm not arguing that if based on anything that's protected, you should be paid less. I'm saying if you can't contribute enough to the, and bring to the table the value that's required, then guess what? You're up a creek, kick rocks, you're out of luck. Now this brings us up to the more we're at each other's throats, the more the West will decline, and the more we as a civilization will fall apart. And it's very sad, I hate to be the one to tell you that. Look at the... Look, we're talking about money, and look at what Spangler said. He said, through money, democracy becomes its own destroyer. After money has destroyed intellect. Oh my god, how that is true. Think about how little our intelligence, how our intelligence has dropped as a society. We've gone from Albert Einstein to these know-nothing people on TikTok, Instagram... And they know nothing about reality. They know nothing about history. They know nothing about reality. And yet here they are lecturing us about democracy and freedom and things they don't know anything about. All the while they're laughing, to the laughing all the way to the bank. And our society is going kaput. So what do we do? We need to realize what they're doing to us. The wolves... I'm going to keep going back to this analogy because it's what the show is built upon. The wolves are shearing you, the sheep. The normal, average, average, everyday citizen. Unless you hold power, you are a sheep. That is not meant to insult you. It's meant to prove a point. The wolves are shearing you. They don't need to slaughter you. They just tax you to death and then they take all the money and they're laughing all the way to the bank. They're laughing all the way to the bank. Meanwhile, you think they're helping you. You think that they're in it to help you, to, to free you, to liberate you. All the while, what they're really saying, all they're really saying is this, my friends. Thank you for being so dumb. And that's why the West is dying. I'll read you another quote by Spangler. He said, Socialism is nothing but capitalism of the lower classes. In other words, it uplifts the bums and the sloths while bringing the rich people down and the people in power get all the money and they're laughing all the way to the bank. I know I could be doom and gloom. And I don't want people to be polarized. But at the end of the day, they're going to do it whether I want them to or not. 
When it comes to Eastern and Western cultures, people in the East are more traditional and conservative than people in the West. That's why the West is dying. We're trying to reinvent the wheel. We're trying to change things up. All the while, the East is laughing at us. They can, there's a website here called um, Pedia who compared Eastern and Western culture. They said arranged marriages are common in the East and love marriage is common in the West. I would say that's true. People are conservative and traditional in the East, but people are not as traditional and conservative in the West. That's true. Just look at politics. That's true. Easterners give more priority to family and elders. Meanwhile, Westerners give um, preference to the individual. Now, individualism only works if there's actually if you are actually an individual, not a fraud. While you're just leeching off of everybody and you have ambition, individualism without ambition is nothing. Zero. You're a leech. They say freedom may be restricted in the East. Meanwhile, Westerners are relatively more free than people in the East. I would say that depends on freedom when it comes to if freedom is even exercised. A lot of people don't actually want freedom, by the way. That's why they listen to everybody around them all the time. And they don't actually exercise their freedom. They just use it to basically sign themselves up for slavery again by being a debt slave, in my opinion. My friends, the more we polarize each other, the more we are at each other's throats, the more we talk about how much we hate and all this stuff, the more the people at the top win and are laughing all the way to the bank, laughing at you saying this. I don't want you to be bamboozled like that. Don't be a victim. Be a victor. Do not let them tell you you're a victim and you're owed something. Wrong. You are not a victim. You need to earn something. The next time you hear someone tell you that you're a victim, Wrong. you need to go out there and tell them that you are not a victim. You are a victor. And you need to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. If you're upset about something, try to do something to fix it. Don't break the law. Just do something to fix it. My friends, for those of you who made it this far in the show, I want to thank you. For those of you who are triggered, I can't help you. And for those of you who love me, well, I appreciate you, and I like you, and I appreciate you very much. Now, if you're, if you have any comments, concerns, critiques, criticisms, complaints, hatred, love, whatever you want, you can find me on Twitter at Austin Creed or at Aussie Creed, A U Z Z I E C R E E D, and you can direct any of the following that I just described there. For, feel free to follow me on on Twitter. On Twitter, if you do look me up, you'll find a attached um, hyperlink to the podcast's main page where there'll be a donate button. And if you feel so inclined, you want to support the show, 
Help us get reach more people. Help me upgrade the software, being the broke college student that I am. He's also trying to put out his own book. You are more than welcome to go there. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for tuning into the show. God bless you. God bless your family. And God bless America. We're out of here.